Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve and Sam. How's it going, hockey fans? Good morning, hockey fans. And you know us, we don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this episode, we want to welcome special guest, one of the newest additions to the USPHL Premier's 23-24 Seattle Totems program, netminder Casey Johnson. Casey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to get going and and, uh, being on the show. Well, we're excited to have you on. I know that we'll be watching you this season, especially up there, Sam Maluth, who's the uh, color commentator for the Rogue Valley Royals. We'll definitely get a chance to watch you live many times this season. Yeah, I know. I can't wait to to get a few dubs over there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Already starting the raccoon. Wow. <laughs> Sam, Sam, this is where you're supposed to be like, oh, you won't get any shutouts. <laughs> oh. Listen, we got a goal scorer by the name of Tyler Hansen, all right? We, we're feeling pretty good with him. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun to see um, all the new teams and the new rivalries that were established this past season. So you're jumping into some good, fun, good old-fashioned hockey, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's yep. I mean Hawking Northwest is nothing like no one it's like nothing else. <laughs> it's gonna be exciting. It was fun to watch the the first season of Northwest hockey and uh, moving into the second season with teams becoming a little bit more developed, a little bit deeper foundation. It's it's gonna be exciting to watch. So Casey, tell us a little bit about you and your hockey life. Yeah, uh, you know I I started playing uh, hockey in Seattle uh, when I was born. I started actually playing uh, where the Totem's home rink is. Uh, I learned to skate at you know Olympic View there and uh, played there uh, when I was three and until I was eleven. When I was eleven, my family moved down to Houston, played for the Houston Wild here, uh, and then when I was fourteen years old, I was you know fortunate enough to be able to go to prep school uh, in Saskatchewan. Uh, at Murray College in Notre Dame and spent a season there playing against some of the top guys in Western Canada, you know, and then uh, went out to Boston the following year, uh, played with the Boston Advantage and again, played the best guys in the country. And then I got drafted to the uh, NA3HL with the New England Stars, 16-year-old where I, you know, kind of worked my way up the ladder as starting from the third goalie to a, to a starting role and kind of just, you know, ran with it. Um, you know, COVID threw a little wrenches, a few wrenches in my plans. As I'm sure it did with everybody, though, you know, that the following year, everything was kind of shut down. So I had to stay home uh, and hold down the fort here in Houston the year following that. Spent some time in Canada, uh, in Ontario, and then uh, then decided to finish the year off with uh, with Pueblo that year. Um, Where in Ontario were you? I was in Western Ontario. Uh, it was uh, so I, I was in a small little town called Sioux Lookout. It's, it's a you know, beautiful, beautiful place. Of lots of just natural scenery, which I'm a little bit of a sucker for. So it was it was just a really great place. I'm looking up Sioux Lookout. I'm from Ontario, and I've not heard of Sioux Lookout. Oh, it's close and to you're from Western Ontario, are you not? Well, it's uh, Sioux Saint Marie. It's they call it Northern Ontario. It's not really. It's it's north before you hit Thunder Bay. Yeah, so, it's, because it's in Bay, there's nothing. There's there's literally nothing but tundra. So uh so yeah. What you so you like Sioux Lookout? Like I'm looking it up right now. It's very rare when somebody can throw out. You know, I was playing hockey in Ontario and I wouldn't know the spot. So congrats, bud. Yeah, 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 you you got me on that one. So That's it's important. in Kenora. Interesting. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a great place. Like I said, I'm a sucker for nature. And uh, where I was where I was staying there for a brief little bit. I mean, I was pretty close to a lake and 
uh, all the people there are really nice. So it was it was really just a great place. But uh, but from there I got I got traded to uh, Alberta and the NWHL with the Sexton Vipers and played uh, played a little bit out there uh, before you know coming back out to the United States and uh, and finished the season off with uh, with Jersey. Very cool. You've seen more of Canada than Canadians have. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty impressive, man. Like I said, for being from Sioux, I've never, or Sioux St. Marie, Ontario, I've never been to Sioux Lookout. I've been to Thunder Bay. But yeah. uh, hearing you traveling around, what did you think of Saskatchewan? Where were you playing there? Uh, so I was playing in this, uh, in a town, or in a, that's not even a town, it's a, it's a village of uh, 300 people called uh, Wilcox, Saskatchewan. It's, it's you blink and you miss it. Um, you know, but they, they, there was a prep school there, you know, Athlamary College in Dame, and they, uh, they're a great program there. They, they've, produce some of the best guys out there so he was able to see the prairies of of, of canada and experience that lovely uh negative 40 weather <laughs> yeah yeah uh i worked uh in the oil rigs for a very small period of time oh. and yeah we were i was just shy of the northwest territory border and it was negative 50 and that was without the wind chill it was ridiculous <laughs> It was ridiculous. <laughs> so, the, so Chris and I have this long-standing thing, Chris. So, Chris, uh, would you rather play? <laughs> oh no, no, I lived, I lived in Minot, North Dakota, for four years too. Don't even start me with, with the personal like hellscape that was for me as a as an eighteen-year-old oh. man. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was rough. <laughs> oh man, but no, I, I'd still rather play North. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> Well, we'll see. Uh, well, we'll we'll see what uh, Casey has to say about that uh, after he experiences a few other areas. But yeah, it's pretty impressive travel, man. And what did you think of the hockey in the small towns? What did like? What was your overall opinion of that? You know, uh, I I really love the the environment there. I mean, it, you know, you have these these you know barns in the middle of nowhere. You know, at least you know, especially in Canada, where like when I was in Alberta, uh, we played in Sexsmith and you know, tiny little town, but the fans there are just passionate. They care about their team. Um, you know, they they love uh, every bit of of uh, of the players, and uh, I mean, they're incredible. You know, you go to you know, there's there's some places where I've been where uh, you play, and it's like, oh, there's there's the parents, cool. <laughs> you know, uh, where you have but you have these small towns where it's everybody and their cousins showing up, and and it's it's just a, a grand old time. Yeah, I um, to interject. I can I speak to that a little bit where we went to um, a showdown in Iroquois Falls for mm-hmm. the Northern Ontario Championships, and you know you've it's the biggest. You know you you played more hockey than I have at your age in, in crowds, um, but <laughs> it was the whole town came out for this tournament. It was crazy, and I had a lingering knee injury, but I was standing mm-hmm. on my head that game. They couldn't score on me. And I pulled myself from the game because my knee was just off. I knew something wasn't right in it and I was going to hurt it. And we had the playoffs coming. So I went, well, I'd rather give my, you know, my, it wasn't a call of the backup. We had a, we had a tandem. I gave him the game. And when I skated myself off to the bench, the whole arena erupted in booze because I thought my coach was pulling me. And these weren't people from my town. So, you know, talk about, you know, that type of atmosphere. Yeah. You know, that's that's a great thing about a little town. So that's what I to say to you. You must have been a rock star going in there, especially since you were the attendee. Yeah. You know, it, it's I mean, everybody knows your name. 
No. Yeah, no doubt. So last season you split time between the NWJHL and the USPHL in Jersey. What brought mm-hmm. your original hometown to Seattle for your final season of junior eligibility? You know, um, it, was, it was something that I, I guess you kind of just say just just instinctually felt right. You know, like I was saying earlier, I mean, it's where I started playing hockey. And, you know, it's a little bit poetic. I'm going to be finishing off my, my junior hockey career there. You know, and I know I know Murph, you know, is, is, a, is a great guy. And, and he's, you know, he runs a, a great program there. And kind of, kind of just boiled down to a phone call saying, hey, let's let's see where this lies. Let's see where this goes. And, you know, I, I don't even think it, it took you know, 24 hours for me to decide to I me, mean, like there's a, there's a few other options. I was, just, you know, they didn't, didn't have the same, uh, same call-in that Seattle did. Yeah. Um, well, no doubt. Who wouldn't want to play for their hometown? Um, except for Chris, who would have avoided the Buffalo Sabres for a few years, but, um, <laughs> I think, I think he'd love to go back there now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, growing up, growing up there too. I mean, I, I saw a few tournaments games myself and, 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 I mean, it was one of those one of those teams where you're just like, oh, I won't I won't be like that, you know. And now it's kind of full circle. Obviously, Seattle still brings a lot of good memories, so it's very it's very understandable why you how you ended up there. So, born in Seattle, now from Houston, do you have a favorite NHL team or favorite NHL players? Oh man, uh, absolutely. Well, I I feel like I kind of have to say that the Kraken are are one of my favorite teams, but they're they're definitely not my favorite team. You know, my favorite team growing up was uh, was the New York Rangers. Uh, I grew up a, a big Henrik Lundqvist fan. Part of the reason why I am a goalie myself, and I mean, he he really kind of inspired me quite a bit. It's it's who I, you know, I don't think my game models him too much anymore. Uh, a little bit more of a drop and quick style, but you know, I mean, it, he's he's a he's a big influence on me. And I guess now for for a favorite NHL player right now is probably Igor Shosturkin. I just I love the way he competes in battles. All of that makes sense. You know, you named you named two of the best goaltenders from, you know, the past like 15 to 20 years. Those are great guys to look up to, especially from, you know, your favorite team. Uh, the King was the best. I mean, I personally, I'm a Sharks fan and like I wish I've had a goalie similar to that. But, but yeah, all of that, all of that makes sense. And I guess how did you how did you pick the Rangers exactly? You know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, it, uh, it's something that when I was really, when I was really little, I mean, my dad's a Sharks fan, you know, he, he, he's from the Bay area, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how it's just kind of one of those things when you're a little kid, like, yeah, I'll pick that team. And, and it's kind of just, you know, how it went, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Longlist, obviously a big, a big reason for why you probably picked them, you know, like that's, yeah. <laughs> he was watching, uh, you know, having that as your goaltending influence is a good one to choose, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like sometimes, you know, whether any sport you're talking about, but, you know, you just, you fall in love with a player and you're just like, heck, heck it, I'll just, I'll root for that team as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got a, I got a Zuccarello uh, jersey, a Lundquist jersey, uh, working on a Kreider jersey. So, you know, they're nice. I, I've done. Hook, line, and sinker. Oh, did you say, did you say Kreider jersey? I knew she would be triggered. Oh, <laughs> dude, my knees hurt just from you saying that. Um, <laughs> we'll, oh. I'll ignore that one. That's your free pass. <laughs> uh, Ronnie Francis is from my hometown, by the way, so we'll we'll have a talk about that Kreider comment afterwards. Ronnie, don't draft Only me. Only a Rangers fan could like Kreider. 
kind of like only <laughs> a Boston fan could like uh, the rat. So yeah, yeah it's, to Chuck, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that too. But no, I, being a Lundquist fan, that might explain, is your number 30? Yeah, so I, I, whenever I get the opportunity to be number 30, I, I'm, I'm, I try to be number 30. Um, Same. Uh, can't be number one. That's that's just a bad number. Don't know what it is. This could be, you know, bad vibes. But 30, 31, 33, you know, those are all numbers that I'm like, okay, I can I can go with. Uh, they all have, they're all in that same family. Okay. Yeah, because I thought uh, when, when you sent us the link for uh, the Skype chat and I saw the 30, I'm like, okay, my type of goalie. Pick the 30 <laughs> is my number. And I, I wore it for the very same reasons. I, I was a big fan of Martin Brodeur. So uh, oh. I I had to have the number that Marty had. So I understand the uh, the love for number 30 for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, Hank's, Hank's the better, uh, better 30, but it's all right. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, agree to disagree, but I do love him. I mean, there, I have no, I have no, like, no, I love Lundqvist, like, one of my favorite goalies by far. So, oh, yeah, no. Um, I won't be my favorite, but uh, he's up there. I mean, he's, uh, the the biggest disappointment is that man never got a cup. Um, yeah. And uh, that most heartbreaking moment was a 2014. That was heartbreaking. So, yeah. Um, what can you do? But uh, so I'm talking to you, remember, okay. there's a Canadians fan sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? So we will just leave that alone now. <laughs> oh man, good times. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh my goodness. So I had a question in here originally, but uh, you've basically more been in Houston, and Houston's also a big food city, so. Does the, I guess, the Houston food scene live up to the hype? Because I've heard a lot of really amazing food, especially a lot of all-around-the-world food. Like, you can get any food you want from practically anywhere in the world in Houston. Does it live up to the hype? Um, that seems like a no. It's, I mean, there's, <laughs> it really depends on where you go. Um, okay. Because there's there's definitely, uh, Tex-Mex is obviously really big here, uh, and barbecue. But uh, there's a lot of really bad barbecue, and there's a lot of really bad Tex-Mex. Um, oh. So you kind of have to have to know where to go. Uh, but I will say, when you find the spot, it is off the charts. I can imagine, because that's what I love any anytime I go somewhere. And Houston's been one of those cities I've been tempted to go to just for the food scene alone. Houston, you've got what? Austin. Um, Seattle's a big one. Uh, apparently, yes. the food scene in Seattle's supposed to be incredible. Oh, that's great. So, um, got, I mean, I'm a, you know, I love, I love salmon. I love, I love, uh, you know, most seafood that, that I can eat. Uh, and I mean, it's, there's nowhere better. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to go to some of these places and check out some of the food because, uh, as it's, as it's earlier for you guys, it's uh six 30 here. So the second we jump off this call, I'm going to be grilling immediately. Uh, I've got some, uh, Got some nice food lined up for the grill. Going to be excited oh. to stand out on the porch and uh, have a beverage that's of age, and um, you know, and 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 grill some food. It'll it'll be a good evening. There we go. Uh, the the podcast food discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, honestly, when we have guests, we always somehow break down into food. We'll have to have you know, since it's the the summer season, we'll have to have one episode where we just get everybody on and talk about food instead. But uh, <laughs> if uh, um, Casey, for you, if you could visit any country in the world that you haven't been to, uh, where would that be and why? Oh man, I gotta say, I gotta say France. 
you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sucking for, for natural beauty. I'm a sucker for art. Uh, I mean, and you know, you can't beat the Louvre. And in addition to that, uh, I know, I know probably my, my, my French Canadian teammates are probably like, oh my God, but, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a work in progress. It's, it's a little bit rough around their edges, but you know, I, I just, you know, the, the history of France and, um, just the, the, uh, the, the food scene there as well. The art scene, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. I've never been. So Chris, feel free to speak to this, but that sounds, all of that sounds like great reason for why that would be your number one country to go to. Um, but uh, yeah, Chris, you can talk about that more. I, I've never been personally. <laughs> no, I mean, I love France. Been there a couple times. France is, I mean, a lot of people knock Paris and I just think those people didn't do Paris right. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. but Paris is one of my top five cities in the world out of 40 countries in. So, I mean, Paris is beautiful and uh, you know, it's pretty much on fire at the moment, but you know, it is what it is for, for the moment. But, uh, but no, Paris is stunning. It's, it's an amazing city. France in and of itself is incredible. Been through the country. I f- sometimes just driving through France, it makes me feel like I'm home in New York. The tolls just start to drive you nuts, but, um, <laughs> But you get past that. I've been to like Strasbourg and all. We want to go to Lyon. Uh, we want to head down to the the border right down to south of France with like Marseille and, and such. And, and we have plans to do that here soon. Just simply for the food, just just to eat. Like I have my 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 France, kind of like when we did Italy a few weeks ago. Uh, it was to eat. And uh, for the south of France, it's definitely going to be to eat. Um, really excited for that. Yeah. So you get, get the chance. You definitely definitely got to check out france it's a it's huge it's a lot bigger yeah. than it looks but um well it's um, it's funny that you well, mentioned Lyon. that's that's one of the places that uh and it's one of my dream locations to live <laughs> hey you're a hockey player there you go like there a lot yeah it's a pretty a pretty awesome uh, hockey scene there in france they're very passionate fan bases for for the teams out there and i think there's always at least one of the teams that makes the CHL, which is the Champions Hockey League, every year. But uh, yeah, France is a definitely one of those places you can continue your hockey career and and uh, continue to just enjoy, honestly, just being in Europe. So definitely, definitely don't overlook France uh, when your junior career is done. You just never know where hockey could take you. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, that kind of breaks us more into the. Um, kind of like the international hockey scene and we just uh the IIHF championships just ratched up uh just just ratched up just wrapped up I'm telling you what as much as probably Steve and such wants to talk about the gold medal game that really wasn't the big exciting moment congratulations Canada on the gold congratulations Germany on silver but watching Latvia the 11th ranked team in the world win their first ever medal was incredible it was and to do it at home, like the fact that they were one of the two host countries and they got their first ever medal, their high, they never even made, I think, the quarterfinals before. Am I incorrect, boys? You're not incorrect. This was a this was a huge moment for for them. Yeah, um, it's a national and, day. And in, 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 um, because, ladies and gentlemen, we're recording this on the 29th of May. It's it's actually declared a holiday in Latvia. They uh, the country has the day off to celebrate this massive moment because uh, it's a huge hockey culture in Latvia. Well, the great thing about that, though, too, is about the whole tournament. We're, we're starting to see the end of the dominance of Canada and the U.S. Now, the Olympics Thank is you. a different story when we put, you know, when we put 
you know, um, the, the absolute best on the ice together. Nobody expected Germany to make it that far, right? Was it was it Switzerland that was undefeated going into yeah, the quarters? until Latvia beat them. Yeah, which is crazy. And that's how you'd love to see the game grow. Like, I'm, you know, being Canadian, I, I do want my country to win, but I want competitive good hockey. Watching the gold medal game, I was I was sweating going into the third period because uh, it could have went either way. So, yeah, it was I didn't get to watch, you know, that's that's a pretty long tournament. I didn't get to watch all of it, but, you know, the ups and downs of it. And I love watching too the, you know, how the teams, you know, gel after, you know, a short period of time. And what also is exciting is watching the young guys coming straight up from junior hockey, getting a call and a nod for those tournament games. Love that. Absolutely yeah. love it. Uh, your Devin Levi, dude, he was the he, he was splitting time with Monty and that for Canada. You know, great yeah. for him. You know, now he's got so Levi's got a world junior silver and now he's got a you know world championship gold, you know, and just started his NHL career, you know, um, just incredible. And I think uh, Adam Fantilli just uh, it was one of only 11 players now to win the world junior gold and the world championship gold in the same year. So really cool stories. And like, I agree with you though, you know, Chris saw in the Latvia story, right? That's just amazing and watching them celebrate. And you know, what bothers me sometimes is watching teams go into a bronze medal game and not giving it all, you know, and they win it and they're sort of like, ah, oh, it's all right. But to see the passion of them to get to that point and realize what a milestone it was for them is just incredible. Yeah, probably one of the most exciting bronze medal games I've ever seen. Speaking of uh, Devin Levi and coming straight out of college and going into the NHL, uh, are there any college programs that are looking at you or that you're looking to key in on, Casey? Uh, there, there are, actually. Um, you know, uh, there's I've been talking to uh, a few ACHA programs. You know, there's, you know, with those schools being interested in me, it's, it's really exciting and um I mean, I, I, I can't wait to see what happens in the next, what, where I'm at in, in 18 months from now. You know, it's zero to 100 real quick from from here to then. And so um, just, just taking it all in and going from there. It sounds exciting moving forward. I mean, like, you've literally got the best years of your life. I mean, you're living some of them right now, and they, they really just get better going on into college in your early 20s and such. Because, uh, I mean, the junior hockey experience and, and everything you're getting to experience so far, just being in being able to play hockey in Canada and the United States and at these different programs within these different leagues. And now, like you said, being able to wrap up basically where it all started at Olympic View Arena there in Seattle um, and to kind of culminate the end of your, your junior hockey career and looking forward to the next step, uh, so to speak, in adulthood and, and, and college hockey and and having these uh, ACHA D3 and D1 programs and, and talks with it's uh there's a lot of exciting stuff and and you'll be able to pick the program that fits you best. That's a uh, moving forward. That's that'll be the exciting part. Is you don't know until you do like some of these visits and and talk with some of the programs in further detail where that is going to take you. And that's one of the exciting things about just the junior hockey experience into to college hockey is where it's going to take you and what experiences therein lies with the, the location you choose and, and the degree you choose and everything that stems from that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's an exciting, you know, stepping stone to, 
to you know a, a life post what i'd consider youth hockey seeing what what professional hockey just like you said uh, adulthood uh and all that entails I me mean, i'm might, might sound a little little uh naive you know but i mean I, it's it's exciting <laughs> you know I, I can't wait to see what what it has in store and and all the all the the turns it's going to take so it's 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 really just i i can't wait now it, it's going to be exciting of course you got the whole season of junior hockey ahead of you with the seattle totems uh, like you mentioned up there with murph just excellent program we heard a lot about murph as well from um chad olson the ex-assistant coach who's now the head coach and gm of the lake tahoe lakers had nothing but great things to say about uh, his, I think, five or six years up there in Seattle uh, before now taking over with the uh, the Tahoe Lakers and trying to rebuild that program. Me and me and Sam were fortunate enough to talk to him about a week and a half ago. And uh, you listeners can listen back to that. Uh, he's left the Totems program for the for the promotion up to the Lake Tahoe Lakers and uh, heading up his own program. And and uh, that's that's going to be exciting for him. But you have a full season of Seattle Totems Junior Hockey ahead of you and uh We'll tell you what we'll be watching the whole season. Yeah, no, I, I mean I I can't wait to you know give you the the ins and outs and 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 have you guys follow along. I mean it, it'll be you know um, I don't I don't want to to jinx anything. I'm a little bit superstitious, but um, you know I, I it's a it's a it's a season that I hope leads us to uh, to a uh, it's a, a, a end of season parade. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm a little stitious, and uh, I I tell you just the fact that I'll probably be in Victoria uh, by the time your season starts, and all I have to do is cross open water, terrifying <laughs> open water to get over. As me and you were were uh, talking about while we were waiting for um Steve and Sam to jump on, is uh, just the what lies beneath in that open water on those ferries. Oh. It's never a comforting feeling. Um. Uh, so, but uh, if if I can brave that, we'll be able to get there to Seattle and get to see some games live, and then come down and harass you as well, Sam, uh, in the Rogue Valley, and and be able to see some games live out of the rink. So um, <laughs> it, it's going to be exciting. That's that's for sure. And so maybe even catch a a Kraken game. And I've heard all about the Climate Pledge Arena, so that'll be exciting to experience if I can get up there. Steve, did you actually get up the Climate Pledge? No, remember that was uh, COVID bouncing in and out. Oh, I don't, and... I don't, I don't. No, we don't talk COVID anymore. <laughs> well, we got to bring it up for this one. <laughs> it was the Coyotes were supposed to be there, and it was in December, and we were watching the games get dropped again. They were canceling a bunch oh. of games. And literally the day that I was supposed to fly out, I said to my buddy, I'm canceling my flight. This game's gonna get canceled. And he was like, uh, No, 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 man, just come on down. I'm like, Dude, I don't want to get there. You know, and it gets stuck or have to just turn around and fly home. I said, dude, I'm bailing. It's going to get canceled. And really sucks. Uh, Craig Morgan, the beat writer for the Coyotes, he was on the plane when he found that the game got canceled. And I called my buddy. I was like, dude, like I I knew it was coming down. Like I knew this was going to happen. So yeah, have not made the track back uh, or track out there yet. But that's it's definitely on my bucket list. Y'all absolutely have to now. Because I'm not into with like a Vancouver, is it? Because I've never actually been in the arena in Vancouver either. Oh, I haven't been to Vancouver either. You know, so it's I definitely want to hit every single NHL arena when I can. So I'm going to be taking a lot of games into the mullet this year, though. A lot of games. Speaking of NHL arena in the mullet, how's that? Uh, Before we break into the NHL playoffs, how are you feeling down there, buddy? Um, 
I'm feeling okay, to be honest with you. Um, okay. Everybody, for, you know, not and this is not directed at you, Chris, because you don't forget, but everybody that oh, wants to chime in and say stuff about the coyotes and blah, blah, blah. I've been through this since 2008, since I've been here. Like, it comes up, it comes up, it comes up. Uh, the whole vote in Tampa, it was a total misinformation campaign that, that pushed it through. So... And the worst part is I got into it, people on Twitter about it, uh, the people that were part of the vote no, um, and they have no plan for the landfill, zero plan. So their whole plan was just to shoot down the hockey arena. That's it. And with a 30-year lease, and they did their own independent survey to see how much money it would bring in. And they excluded stuff like hotel revenue, uh, restaurants. Uh, any type of food and beverage, you know, uh, profit that was going to be bring it, that was going to be brought in, it, it excluded it all. Their own ASU did their own and said, yeah, this is going to help produce millions of dollars for the city. So, yeah, shame on those people because every time I brought it up, they were just mocking you for shooting down the hockey thing. I said, no, 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 I, you don't want a hockey, you don't love hockey, I don't care. But what's your plan for the dump? And they had no plan. Just nothing. So now the city of Tempe is on the hook for a $400 million cleanup by themselves that has to be done in the next three to five years. So absolutely ingenious. <laughs> so um, don't know what else to say about that. But they're already out. They've got three out of four, three or four more locations that they're looking to build an arena in. So and now I just love the the if you follow it on Twitter, the coyotes uh, media is just great because now they're just trolling the trolls, uh, you know, which is which is great. But if you took a look at the world championship of hockey, though, that just happened there. The coach was the coach of the coyotes and three prominent coyotes out there that ended up getting gold. So good for those guys. Uh, really good for those guys. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be toasting you guys from the mullet, though, enjoying it. Uh, and then hopefully in three years at a new arena and enjoying hockey still. Hopefully at Mesa. Well, I was I, Mesa? Yeah, there's – well, so it's – so good point, Sam. So there, there's – it's not so far out in Mesa where they're saying, you know, this valley is so stretched out. It's right off – it's right by a, one of the spring training uh, grounds. So, yeah, there's Mesa's one, you know, one point that they can go build on. There's there's a few others. There's there's a great spot. You know, it's called Oceanside Arena. And it would be perfect because it's it's right off major freeways. There's a major if you've never been to one of the outdoor malls here in Arizona, you know, it's all, you know, resort like it's it's pretty cool. Now they allow you to carry around drinks outside. It's pretty cool. But that would be a perfect location. It's on Navajo territory, though, so they would have to negotiate with the tribe, which go for it. Get it done. Just just get just get it. Yeah, everything could be tricky now, especially, you know, with the gambling license for the the tribe itself versus the owner of the coyotes that could get a little hairy. Right. But yeah, I don't see that. I don't see Mesa working out. I've heard Scottsdale was like the highest voted location by Arizona Coyotes fans um, for a relocation potential. Um, but, uh, I don't know what realistic steps Scottsdale would be. Well, there's, there's, there's tons of land out here. It's just, you don't want to build it too far. So the Tempe location was perfect because it was literally right by the airport. 
um, you know, a team could fly in and, you know, get off a plane and be in their hotel room within an hour. You know, and I say in an hour, just about getting off the plane. It was five minute ride from the airport. Right. So and it would be it would have been just such an ideal location, like I said, for home and homes or, you know, for teams, you know, doing it's not home and homes two away games back to back like they tend to do. It would have been perfect, right? They could just easily just um, – or just spend a night because it's not that far of a flight, right? If they're doing the Vegas trip right afterwards or over to Colorado or anywhere into the California locations. So it, to me, it was it was a no-brainer, and I was shocked to death that it, <laughs> that it went through. And uh, I hate the fact that I have to spend money next season to watch hockey in Tempe. Because I don't want to give them another one of my dollars, but it's already done. But, uh, yeah, the, the location, Chris, I'll show it to you in Mesa. It's not that far off. So it's it's still within the where the hockey community is. So people love Scottsdale. Uh, you know, great location. But where the Mesa one is, it brushes right up against Scottsdale. It's right there. So it wouldn't be terrible. But the for everybody that doesn't know about the arena, because Ottawa fans I can appeal to a little bit. Um, you know, because where their where their arena is located right now is terrible. They they have to yeah. build an arena downtown. Um, and if well, you where have, would they build it downtown in Ottawa? Because obviously, Canada is not a great location for that arena, especially because I lived again. I lived in Ottawa for four years too, and when you had to go to Senators games to root against them when I lived there, uh, the bus made the most sense because driving there was a nightmare. Um, yep. It's just there's nothing there's nothing around it, man, and. Um, you just, I just feel like I'm, I, but I would look around Ottawa and you got like maybe Orleans area right there. Well, right? They've, already like got, they've already got this spot picked out. So what spot? Um, I gotta look. Is Snoop Dogg uh, yeah. going to buy it? Cause apparently Ryan Reynolds backed out. Well, yeah. Cause the team's going for an obscene amount of money right now. Obscene. <laughs> They're talking about a billion dollars, but I think that part of that bit includes the new arena. So Melnick had. Uh, an arena deal that he was partnering with somebody to get done and then it fell through you know typical melnick um but that's the same location that they're talking to build it on so i i don't know what right off the top the of my Brenton head flats yeah national capital right. commission okay i don't even know what the heck that is i'm gonna look it up but um oh also uh before we wrap up this podcast we should talk some nhl playoff hockey and i know ladies and gentlemen by the time you listen to this Hopefully that series is still active um, because anybody but Vegas has basically been my stance ever since I. Okay, so Sam, were you on the episode where I kept unpacking different reasons I didn't like Carolina? Yes, I think that was. Okay. Was that was that our our playoff bracket preview or was that that might have been a later one? No, that I think that was the one where we were on with um with us. Uh, Fabian. Um, Fabian, no. yeah, we were on with Fabian, and but the thing is, as the more and more I watched Carolina, I'm like, I I don't really dislike any player on the team. I actually like a lot of the players on the team, and I just I didn't. But once I looked deeper at Vegas, I'm like, God, I hate everything they did. I hate them <laughs> dropping Flurry. I just the pickup of Jack Eichel, all that crap. Like, oh, well, I can't, I can't my knock on Eichel. Vegas again too is they're over the salary cap, and the NHL's got to address that, you know. So. I don't, well, agree, with, I don't agree with what the... Jamie Ben did to Stone, but I understand where he's coming from because when you're playing a team that's out-moneyed you, 
it's a tough pill to swallow. You've battled like that all season long, and now you've got a team that's got an edge, right? So I uh, don't love the play. I uh, kind of laughed at the fact that you know he tried to pull the, oh, I was bracing myself. I didn't want to fall on top of him, so I just used my stick against his you know neck. Just dumb. Just absolutely stupid. Uh, but well, here's the interesting thing, though. Uh, if you guys have been watching this, uh, they've been playing better without Ben in the lineup. <laughs> they won two games without him. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I think he should have been suspended longer, but that's my opinion. Um, I mean, okay, also looking at the Ottawa location, because I had to look it up because I just don't know. But it's it's closer to Bayview. So, I mean, it's definitely downtown-ish Ottawa. I lived in Lower Town um, mm-hmm. when I was there. So, well, kind of, not really. Um, I was more near... Uh, University of Ottawa and D&D, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's only from the looks of it would be like maybe 15, 20 blocks. So, um, you know, I guess it's uh, not the worst area. I mean, it's downtown Ottawa. I just, I have no idea the specific location they're looking at. So I'd be very curious, but yeah, the senators need a rink downtown. Um, Yeah, because Canada just, you know, I don't like it. I don't know how to put it. It's a, uh, it's just so dull would be the rest word, but I guess. Well, there's, yeah, there's nothing put. around it. So going no. back to the arena that the Coyotes were trying to build in Tempe, it was okay. So there was supposed to be two. Oh, Casey, trains. jump in at any point. You have an opinion. I mean. Oh yeah, be... no, I, you guys were on a roll, so I didn't <laughs> want to break up the flow. No, just, just <laughs> you can. Yeah, just yeah, just jump right in. But so the Tempe thing was supposed to be two practice arenas underneath the main arena and then a whole entertainment district. So there was stuff to go to to generate revenue year round. And right. And then that, there's the other. OK, uh, so yep. Steve, like this also chimes in because we do have Casey on this podcast yep. and he is from Houston. Um, what were your thoughts about the potential like Arizona maybe not being able to stay in Arizona and Houston? Now, the NHL has also said that they would try to hold on to like houston and one other location i can't remember which one as like actual expansion locations but um you know do you as like kind of a houston slash native at this point um do you get excited about the potential for houston to have an nhl team yeah no you know i absolutely do i mean it's it's definitely something that it would be it'd be a dream come true like be able to have NHL hockey here so we can walk to go drive all the way up to dallas to watch hockey but um i mean i don't you know, seeing the rinks in Houston, I don't know if there's a a rink um, that would be able to have the facilities for an angel team. Um, just yeah, I mean, it would it would take uh, you know it'd be a similar situation to Arizona where they'd be playing in an arena uh, like in the Toyota Center where uh, it's it's not made for hockey, it's not great, um, and so they'd have to build a, a new arena from the ground up, uh, which which isn't which isn't really ideal. Well, no, the, it's, uh, the kids play at the okay. Toyota centers. So you think, even though, like, I mean, obviously, you know, it feels kind of cheap and easy to try to just take the NBA's, you know, already made arena and turn that sort of into hockey. You think it's not, it's not built for that. No, I, I mean, like, we're, we're, um, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely could be hockey could be played there, but it's, it's, uh, it's, kind of like saying oh yeah you, you could do that but you you shouldn't um you know and, and there's definitely options uh, uh you know areas in houston that i think would be really great for to build an arena but it's just a matter of getting the funding uh who would be the owner of the team 
uh, and all that fun good stuff. Because I mean, it's there's there's not really a, a, a little, there's not really a a, a a top top notch. Uh, I mean, you look at Seattle with with their practice arena. There's there's not that type of facility in, in Houston just yet. Yeah. So it sounds like, despite you know, the fact that obviously Houston has, like you said, Chris has been at the top of the or Steve possibly that Houston has been on the list for a while now. But it feels like it's not as simple as we all think it is to put to put a team there um you know so maybe maybe it makes more sense to keep the coyotes in arizona um at this time yeah well i you know and if, if i mean i i you know growing up in seattle i saw the Sonics leave and so that that you know sucked um yeah. you know and so I, you you hate to see a team move um you know but if they, if they do have to move i think I think Kansas City or Salt Lake City would be a better option, um, simply because they're they are more prepared to kind of uh, get the ball going at, at a drop of a hat. Where I think Houston would need a little bit more momentum. Yeah, that was one thing that kind of shocked me at this talk when when Tempe turned down, uh, or the I guess the voters of Tempe turned down the arena. Um, Houston and Kansas City and Quebec were always ones that were in the major player for talking. And apparently Quebec is not a major player from everything I'm hearing, which is shocking, but not necessarily because Gary Bettman's in charge. So um, Quebec <laughs> apparently isn't getting a team anytime soon. So, they're, you know, Houston, and Kansas City, and weirdly enough, Atlanta, because <laughs> why not? Um, yeah. Uh, were the major talks, but all of a sudden everyone kept going Salt Lake City and, and haven't lived there for uh, you know substantial time as well. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I know you've heard me talk about many places that I live in, and, and Seattle's another, not Seattle, but uh, Salt Lake City's another place I lived in for about four years. And so I would be cautious, cautiously optimistic about a team going to Salt Lake City when they basically becoming like the number one place that Arizona could move to. I personally don't know, as a fan of the kind of the junior hockey organizations out there, I don't know if that would be. And guys, definitely feel like chiming in here if you think I'm wrong. But um, a lot of the times that a city already kind of has a kind of a major sport, it's not necessarily good for the, the any level below it with them potentially kind of pushing like salt lake city is an option for arizona i don't know if that would be good for like the mustangs the predators the outliers and those teams in the west to be able to especially for ogden and honestly all three of them because they're all pretty close i mean west valley is salt lake city so to speak so that would i'd be you know pretty detrimental i think to the outliers but then what ogden's 30 minutes away and provo's only what 45 minutes from 45 minutes an hour south of salt lake city i don't think putting an nhl team in salt lake city would be very beneficial for junior hockey i mean any thoughts on that because i mean look at how great idaho falls fans are but when you see these major cities that kind of already have a major sports team for that sport you don't really see the crowd you see in cities that don't have that is that an irrelevant fear uh i well, I mean, living in Seattle, um, with, with, with where you have the the uh, the Silver Tips, you know, the, the Thunderbirds, where I mean, they have very established fan, ba- fan bases. Um, I mean, they from everything I've heard, they they still have very you know, they have diehards still. Um, 
but I think you know because Salt Lake City is just a little bit smaller than than Seattle. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a different dynamic. There's only there's only so many seats uh, in the city. Yeah, yeah, and I mean Salt Lake City is definitely a growing population, so maybe that's why the NHL's looking to it because they are building a lot of new highway routes in the area in anticipation of the population um, rapidly expanding in the next ten years. Uh, so. The NHL might be trying to get ahead on Salt Lake City, which was probably the right time for me not to be there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, also, Steve and Sam, because um, Sam, you're like you're you're from San Jose, San Mateo, um, but you're up there in Oregon now. And obviously, Oregon doesn't have professional hockey, uh, NHL hockey. Um, and uh you know, Steve, you're down there in Arizona and you do have professional hockey. And of course, I feel like a place in Arizona that's the Coyotes are what developed players like Mitch Marner and what Tage Thompson and such. So Mitch Marner. Sorry. Hey, oh, yeah, not Mitch Marner. The other the other Maple Leaf that nobody talks about. <laughs> the other one that no shows in the playoffs, Austin Matthews. <laughs> Austin Matthews. Whatever. Yeah. Basically, they- so the, okay, the, first, the first thing I'll comment on is, you know, the NHL going to Canada, right? Quebec would only be an expansion team if it decided to expand, right? They're going to have to do, a, you know, a balanced expansion so every, you know, division gets a team, right? So we're not having an odd right. number of teams again. Yeah. That's the only way Quebec's getting it. And it gets irritating for me as a Coyote fan hearing, you know, Quebec people – you know, especially because when the team was ripped from you, right? Because you hit the nail on the head there, Casey. Nobody wants to see a team, you know, taken out of the city, right? Yeah. So for Quebec fans to do that, it just disgusts me. Um, but what it comes down to, and I say it to them all the time, is television revenue. Canadians already watch hockey, you know? You introduce the, you know, the Quebec Nordique. It's not like Canadians are going to watch even more hockey, we already do. So it, all of it's based on television revenue. So every time I hear the knock about the 4,600-seat arena, yeah, you know, I get it. Uh, owners aren't going to love it quite as much because it's it's gate-sharing, right? <laughs> that That's the draw. But it's the television revenue that drives the league. So, yeah, it's going to be a U.S. expansion. It's Or not expansion, but that if the Coyotes have to move, that's where it's going to go. It's one of the U.S. cities. Um and the reason why I think they're probably looking at Salt Lake City is because that's a whole new market, right? A whole new market to jump into. So that's why Houston may be on the back burner for that, but for expansion, because I would love to watch a Dallas-Houston rivalry. That would be oh, great, right? That would be awesome. Time. Yeah, be be a great rivalry to have. So, But I'll stress this one more time, because every time I bring it up to everybody that argues on Twitter or Facebook – Television revenue. Look at the business of the sport, and then you'll understand that. Um, what's interesting about the Coyotes, though, at their arena right now, they're they're charging so much more per ticket that they're making more money here than they did in Glendale. And referencing back to the whole, you know, Canada thing, it's it's the same thing, except there's no public transport to get you out to the the Coyotes arena. So you can't just all pile on, like, unless you rent a private bus and do it that way. You're still fighting rush hour traffic. Now, Arizona is not quite as bad, but I'm not kidding you guys. If it's leaving at 530 to try to get to that arena, it's already a 45 minute drive to an hour drive from my place. 
you know, in traffic, you're talking an hour and a half, almost two hours, you know, and I'm the guy that hates to miss the puck drop. I got to be there on time. And I don't know how many times I get in my vehicle annoyed because, you know, some idiot got into an accident and now we're backed up for three hours. Right. So see, if you and I do hockey games the same way, I like getting there by warm up so I can sit there, have a beer, really mm-hmm. soak in the environment and just I don't like to show up for the game i'm showing up for the whole environment i'm like that's the the i guess the buffalo side of me with the you know um god my brain is off today like the whole mitch marner thing um, <laughs> tailgating tailgating like yeah. for bills games and stuff like it's more than just the game itself it's everything encompassing it like if i have sabers tickets or wherever i'm at um even mustangs games i went to mustangs games and the ogden mustangs I was there an hour before the game. Like I was there before they hit warm up. So I'm like, no, I want to see there. I want to them jump on the ice, get warmers, be right behind the glass, have a bunch of pucks, like, you know, come right at me, standing behind the glass with my beer. That's the perfect spot. Not have Mesa, Arizona native, you know, Tucker Thorstad trying to spill my beer behind the glass. Um, but uh, you know, uh, I I'm there for the whole environment. And when you like you said with the with the distance now you have to go and having those long drives. Uh, but again, that's just because that's where you live in Arizona. But you know, you want to go to the game and you want the whole experience for those 41 home games a year for yourself. You know, you that's what you're paying for. It's not mm-hmm. just the hockey game. It's I'm not the guy who's leaving early either. I don't care if we're getting blown out six nothing. I'm gonna sit there. I paid for my seat. I'm going to watch the whole thing. No, because great stuff happens when there's a blowout game towards yes. the end. It gets nasty, and yes, then you're looking <laughs> forward to the next game. So we we all know about that beautiful part. But, yeah, it's, it's the whole experience, right? And I can I always say this to people. When I first moved here, hockey was, is, was super inexpensive here, right? So I could go to a game at times and get last-minute ticket deals for 15 bucks and sit lower bowl. Um and so for people to understand that, though, that was the Gretzky era. I just heard not... Casey gasp there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was I'm like, not, oh, man. So it's so this is what I laugh when people would crap on me. Um, you know, well, Coyotes are my second team. But, yeah, we can get last minute deals because the team at Gretzky wasn't very good. Uh, once they got rid of Gretzky, the team got better and way more entertaining. But, yeah. Um, you know, but I could go and sit lower bowl for 15 bucks last minute deal. I didn't have kids at the time. So, yeah, my wife and I would pick up a ticket. I'd swing by work, go grab her, and we would face the traffic. And, you know, we're, we're, we're grown up <laughs> without kids. As soon as I had it's kids, uh, huge difference, okay? Uh, my daughter's probably been to more NHL games than a lot of grownups have. Uh, they're really lucky that way. But trying to go to a weekday game, when you're not going to get home until almost midnight with a with a little one, it, it wasn't the same. And even being a diehard hockey fan, I just wanted to go watch NHL hockey. You know, I just wanted to be there. But by three years into it, Tuesday night, back when the this is kind of hilarious, the Coyotes weren't very good and the uh, Florida Panthers were not very good. Uh, I kind of wanted to stay at home and just briefly, you know, watch it from the TV, right? Other than doing that drive because it would just wear you down so much. And I'm a diehard. So, you know, the location is always key in these things. Um, And just the last comparison to put this out here, because people will talk about, try to compare them to the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Football is eight home games a year, right? On a Sunday, right? Just eight. 
So people don't mind making that drive out to Glendale because, again, it's that whole experience, the whole tailgate. You know, people start showing up for to set up for tailgate at 4 a.m., right? And some people don't even go into the arena. They're just outside tailgating the whole time. So it, it's a huge difference between that and then a weekday game. You know, even in Canada, like look at the attendance. They the the Ottawa Senators had an exciting hockey team to watch this year, right? They they were fun to watch, and there were still you know lots of empty seats on a Tuesday and Thursday night, and that's because again people like even with the public transport, Chris. You know, you were younger when you went to those games. How was it after the game though, right? On taking the bus back oh, back home. It's it's especially if you lived in the city center like I did, you just knew. A, you had to wait in a queue, um, mm-hmm. so you'd just be queuing forever. Um, even if you drove there, because I did drive there a couple times, and that just that was a mistake. Because mm-hmm. again, it's it's in it's in suburb Canada, and you know I think it was a Fox something, Fox, Terry Fox something like exit there, and I was just like. Uh, there was no nice way. There was no nice way to go to a Senators game uh, where it was located. Uh, the bus was the most convenient, but it was still like that's one thing I liked about D.C. I took the Metro in. I took the Metro out. But even then, 20,000 people trying to pile into the Metro at the same time. You just have to wait for a bunch of yellow line, green lines to go through. And uh, I would always just take the first train that could get me out of Chinatown Gallery Place and get me as close as I could to my end destination just to get out of the crowd. But that was still more convenient than and better because I could drink at those games oh, yeah. and just take a Metro home. I didn't have to worry about that's that was another reason we'd, we'd take the bus in Ottawa. I could drink because if you're going to be driving home, you can't be drinking. So well, and the other thing, too, though, is like with Ottawa, dude, by the time you got back on the bus, because I experienced that I drove to a game. And I took the bus to games, right? So I, I know both experiences. Yeah. Um, you were definitely sober before you even got on the bus, which sucked. I lived in Montreal, and one of the best experiences was, like, my wife and I lived, like, a, a two-minute walk to to the subway. So yeah. drink, we, so pre-gamers at our, at our place, having a couple at the game. And then, you know, the other beautiful thing was you're right down there, right? You're, in, in, you know... Yeah, down the, the Montreal Arena is perfectly placed. It's uh, it, it's, it's it's like if you have never spot. been, even if you hate the Canadians as a team, go to a Habs game. It's so much fun, you know, because like you said as soon as you're done the game, either you can zip back to where you're going or just jump out to the many bars and restaurants that are there afterwards. Um, yeah, you know, great, great, you know, yeah. great setup. But I, I've never been to a Rangers game, which I have to do. It's on the bucket list. One of the things I'm looking forward to, I, and you know what's beautiful about that is when you see the Rangers players that actually take the subway to games. And, you know, I guess that would be the difference between New York and Montreal. I could never imagine a Montreal Canadiens player jumping on the subway because everybody would recognize them. Yeah, that <laughs> but, would work. <laughs> yeah, but in, in, in New York, a lot of the people have no idea who those players are, right? Yeah. So Just one know. of the many famous people in New York, to be honest. I mean... <laughs> there's there's famous people floating all over that city it's not uncommon to see a celebrity of some level from some walk of life be there in new york city but i think we should wrap this up as we're probably a little bit over time you know we do want to thank again one of the newest additions to the usphl premieres 23 24 seattle totems program netminder casey johnson casey thank you for taking the time to jump on with us today thank you for having me it's, it's been a blast and uh Look forward to uh, keeping in touch and, and going into the season. 
No, we're, we're looking forward to watching you all season long. And remember to always, uh, if you make a great save, don't expect that we actually did get to see it. So always earmark your uh, your save so that you can send us the video times for those later so we don't lose track of them. And that's out there for all you goalies. Like if uh, It's going to be hard to watch all the games we need to watch this season. So uh, if, if you're in the Western USPHL, NCDC or Premier, definitely make sure to not assume that I saw your amazing save because if the if the announcer's voice doesn't peak and I'm looking away, I've missed that save. So you've got to highlight those. And I've missed some great saves that goalies were able to hand. I I watched the game but missed that segment and whew, that would have been a brutal brutal save to to not be able to include in some highlight reels. But uh, we want to also thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey worlds and wish to get on future podcasts. Also follow us on TikTok at Pigeon Hockey Podcast, on Twitter at PHH Official, or on Instagram at PHH Podcast to let us know what you think. This is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris, Steve, and Sam. Have a great one, hockey fans. Care, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.